You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Hello and welcome to the Cosmic Pizza Podcast. My name is Paul and with me today are Sean and Dan and we are going to give you our review of Season 4 of the 1990s sci-fi classic TV show Babylon 5. Hello, Cosmic Pizza Podcast, the show of all sorts that sorts all by serving up a slice of life. What is your order, please? Uh huh. I see. The special it is. Be there to deliver ASAP. podcast special delivery and a uh, synopsis uh, season four or titled no surrender no retreat was released between 1996 and 1997 and the synopsis for season four is sheridan returns from zahadun with the help of a strange being known as lorien who has given sheridan 20 more years to live the Vorlans alarm the other races when they begin uh, destroying entire planets that have been influenced by the shadows Malari, fearing the Volant will destroy Centauri Prime, destroys the Shadow Base uh, and executes Mr. Morden. Sheridan learns that Vol- the Volans and the Shadows were tasked as caretakers for younger races in the galaxy, but due to profound differences in ideology, have been at war for eons, using their younger races as pawns in a proxy war. With the help of other ancient races, Sheridan convinces the Volans and the Shadows to leave and cease interfering with the younger races. Garibaldi returns to Babylon 5 with no explanation for his disappearance. He has unexplained changes in behaviour and distances himself from the command staff, resigning and relocating to Mars to work with Tycoon William Edgars. He also subdues Sheridan and allowing the latter to be kidnapped. It is revealed that Garibaldi was co-opted by the Psychor to spy on Edgars, who is found to be developing a virus to destroy telepaths. With the Vorlands and Shadows gone, Earth's totalitarian government attempts to use the captured Sheridan as a propaganda tool, but Garibaldi, now free from the Psychor influence, rescues him. A brief civil war breaks out on Earth, culminating in President Clark's suicide and Sheridan's surrender to Earth forces. Ivanova is critically injured in the war and leaves the station to take command of her own vessel. The League of Non-Aligned Worlds are reorganised into an interstellar alliance with Earth, Mimbar, Narn, and Centauri acting as United Nations across the galaxy, with the Rangers as the enforcers. Sheridan is made president of the Alliance, and he and Delenn marry. Okay, guys, season four. It was only when I was reading the synopsis that I realised just how much has happened in this season. I'd uh, forgotten uh, that this season mm-hmm. contains Zaha Doom. Right. <laughs> I was thinking the same so long thing. ago. Just yeah. as you were reading that out, I was like, Oh yeah, the, the the war was at the beginning of the season. But <laughs> wow, that seems like eons ago now. Yeah, and then mm-hmm. Lorien comes along, and there's this mysterious being, and then just disappears, never to be seen again. Didn't appear at the end to say, "Ah, I was here. Thank you very much." And I was yes. here the whole time. Yes, <laughs> me and my buddy Zathras. 
Yes. <laughs> oh, but at least we did get a good Zathras episode. I mean, that was immense. That, that four minute, five seconds or whatever it was um, um, scene with Ivanova in episode 12 was incredible. It's just one <laughs> of my favorite parts of Babylon 5 in total. Just those two riffing with the, you know, with the script. It was amazing. So, so Dan, what did you think of, of season four then? Yeah, the episodes sort of, they came together really well. I think that I enjoyed how they were all put together and it, it just had a much more confidence than perhaps the previous three seasons had had. But again, so much has happened, but it felt like everything got dealt with very, very quickly each time. Like the Fallen Shadow War all just suddenly came to an end. The Centauri stuff suddenly come to an end. Uh, the Mimbari War, that was two seconds. And then we had the, the Human Civil War, which then takes up the back end of the season. Um, uh, but again, I mean, it wrapped up very quickly. You know, that last episode, the end game bit into Rising Star, it all sort of gets tied up very quickly. Um, so oh, a very competent season compared to season three. Um, and then vastly superior, I think, to one and two. But I just, I don't know, something about it just didn't feel like it really delivered the final punch. Um It'll be interesting to see on the stats where we fall with all of our ratings and things and whether we actually enjoyed this more or not. Um, but I feel like I enjoyed the episodes, but perhaps the season as a whole, perhaps not so much. Right. So, Dan, which do you think were your favourite episodes then? Uh, I think Endgame was probably one of the highest ones I rated. I've now put my notes away, otherwise I could cheat and just open up the <laughs> folder. Like, oh, yeah, that one, yeah. Um, ooh, it was the no surrender, never give up, never surrender, whatever. Yeah, no surrender, no retreat, no, no retreat, no. something that, something that like one. That. I imagine that's got to be a, a pretty high one. Um, and the yeah, intersections in real time. Uh, oh god, what about the one where obviously where the, the shadow war sort of ended? I think there must be one near the end of that bit arc. I just can't remember what the title of the episode was, but yeah, it just I think in myself. I think if I had to go back to just one season, if I had to pick a season, it probably would have been season three. Um, but I think the episodes in season four were more confidently put together as, as a piece of TV. I feel like all the episodes were better structured. Um, but as a season, as a whole, I think I enjoyed three on its own. Okay. So your favorite episodes of season four are The Long Night, which is episode six. Episode five, mm -hmm. episode six, into the fire. Oh, okay. And Endgame. You gave them all five. Mm -hmm. Overall, the last three seasons, four seasons, you have gone from a three point two for season one, three point one seven, so it's like dip in season two, mm -hmm. and then a huge climb into season three of three point eight two, and this season with three point eight one, so almost the oh. same as last season. Just, yeah okay interesting go well season three is your favorite season three is my favorite by point zero well done past dan <laughs> <laughs> you're not just full of it there we go so yeah but what will season five bring that's the thing mm, so sean what do you think true. your favorite episodes were or do you remember what your favorite episodes were no i can't keep the titles of these things in my head it's not star trek the next generation that's that's something i can keep in my head but babylon five it's it's not i haven't seen it as much as I have next generation, but uh, yeah, Shadow War stuff. Uh, Endgame was uh, a five. Last week's episode was a five. That's true. Uh, you had um, also Into the Fire as five, so you you um, you shared that with Dan. Um, 
although Into the Fire was actually um, one of my two favourite episodes in this season as well, as along with as along with um, along with Rising Star. So yeah, so we all sort of agreed roughly on the on the same episodes there that uh, that they were the they, they were the best ones. Um, while I quickly looking at this, what was our average? Our average, our best episodes again mirrored what we've all just basically said there. So Into the Fire. Um, the one before Into the Fire, which was The Long Night, was uh, they were both quite high. Um, and also, of course, as we mentioned, Endgame. So, see, uh, your season uh, averages, Sean, 3.44 for season one, 3.52 for season two, 3.84 for season three, and season four was 3.9. So you've gradually been climbing into season four. Yeah, that sounds about right. And mm-hmm. I, I suspect a severe drop off for season five, but that's uh, something we'll talk about in about 23 episodes. <laughs> yeah. But the way you've been talking about it, it's just, it's going to be a steady stream. It's just going to be nothing but fives next year. Yeah, it just it's, goes it's all fine. the way, all the way. Yeah. Fives yeah. across the board. Season five is all five. Yeah. I mean, that poster in the background, I love season five written around the, above your head. I mean, I wish the viewers could just, you know, or the listeners could actually view this. It'd be fantastic. But oh, there we go. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I love Byron t-shirt. It's wonderful. Yeah, it's amazing. I'll yeah. never forget Byron. <laughs> <laughs> so my averages are uh, season one, 3.59, which is quite higher than your 3.4, 3.21. Um, mm-hmm. Season two, exactly the same as Sean, 3.52. Um, season three was higher than you guys. I was a 3.98 and you were 3.82 and 8.4. And 3.89 for season four. So I slightly dipped in season four, which is a surprise, mm-hmm. but goes along with me saying the Sheridan and Dylan show. So, but which I, I haven't seen this time around. It, it makes more sense. To yeah. Me this time. Maybe I was just getting a bit of fatigue after binging it all in one big go. <laughs> um, so my 3.89 is similar to Sean's 3.9 and, and Dan, you give it a 3.81. So there you go. Now, interestingly, um, IMDB 3.7 for the first season, which is, um, quite oh, a long way above us. 3.92, again, it's like four points ahead of us on season two. Um, season three was 4.08, which is, wow. uh, I suppose if mine's a 3.9, it is not that far ahead. And 4.09 for season four. So that's only just a little bit higher than three. Although we've mm. all increased our scores to get nearer the four. So mm. it's... Um, Season four is definitely, I think, pretty much uh, everybody's favourite, including IMDb. Um, mm. So yeah, it's fairly interesting. Mm. Um, so other characters that we've um, seen come and go: um, Mr. Morden, his uh, and his underestimation of Londo, and the, the and the occupation of Centauri. Uh, Great end, best wave in all of history. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> I think the, I think Londo had a point and stuck it right into Morden's neck. <laughs> so uh, yeah, it's good to, good to see that, and, and again, it was foreshadowed in an earlier se- season, and, and to see that you know that scene come to fruition was brilliant. Um, I think Wortham Grimmer as, as Emperor Emperor Cartagio is one of my favourite. Um, guest stars um mm. just as good as, as Zathras, i think but this guy was just totally batshit crazy Unhinged. i mean he was, 
oh, he didn't even have a hinge. That's I mean, it. He was, he was, he was that far unhinged. Um, yeah, he was great, and they played, they played the character so well because one minute he could be, you know, really sounding really funny but crazy, and that, and then it was, and uh, come and speak to my all my uh, people here, you know, with all these uh, spikes uh, with heads on them, you know, I, uh, I forgot what he called them now. What did he call them? The shadow cabinet. His shadow cabinet. Yeah. That was it. That was brilliant. And but he's dead serious about it. Oh yeah, mm. totally. So yeah, it's just amazing. I liked him, and his um, his aide as well, the uh, the minister Damien London playing the minister, who was just sort of like mm-hmm. worthy of any uh, stage show that could be put on, and you know, totally over the top. Um, uh, just pastels, again, just, yeah, pastels. <laughs> I can't walk past a shop and look at pastels without going pastels. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're so good. Uh, but again, Zathras was just fabulous as he always is. So yeah, mm. uh, Lanier didn't have much to do in this season. I think he was no, sort of in the background no. early on, but he popped up now and again. But was more sort of shoved into a Lieutenant Zahura's role on the, on some of the White Stars. You know, just getting told to do stuff. You know, he's got one job and he's going to do it. So. Um, yeah, I thought he's a bit. I think him and, and Veer were a bit underused in this season, and and even Jakar and Lando disappeared for episodes on end. At you know, sort of past the middle section and near the end, they were hardly seen, and they had to be brought in at the end to remind you who they were. <laughs> That's it. But again, um, the the um, Jakar's arc with being uh, you know, sort of uh, terrorized and and uh, tortured and losing an eye and all that is is. Yeah, early on in the season, that was that was pretty horrific. Mm. And then organizing the non-aligned worlds to um, to sort of get together, band bandy together to save Sheridan and Sheridan's nice little ruse to uh, make sure that his staff were all um, safe and sound and not going to be had they had amnesty, so they wouldn't get uh, arrested and all that. I thought that was a nice little plot twist at the end. That was great, especially his smug face when the general came in. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Where's that amnesty paper? Oh, it's somewhere safe. <laughs> so, anything else you guys want to bring up about season four? No, I think it was no. pretty pretty great, like Dan said. Uh, definitely some uh, confident uh, episode construction. Maybe... Uh, maybe a little bit quick in some of the things like the Mimbari civil war that was uh, over and done with before we even knew it had started. And that was kind of weird, but uh, a very disjointed season. It felt, felt like three or four seasons all in one. It was very much an in-between season. I felt because it felt as though it was, it was still hanging on in the into season uh, three where, you know, they, they were still going on with uh, the shadows and, and, uh, you know, Zahadoom and all that type of thing that was sort of spanned over the two seasons. And then that sort of finished. And then we started the Mimbari War. And then we that sort of finished. And then we started the Earth One. The Earth War's gone on for a long time. And that's come to a conclusion here. But hmm. could have easily, and I think it was supposed to, span into the next season. And then finished in the next season. And then something else happens after that. So it, it, it sort of, it, it didn't have a natural sort of but it doesn't it doesn't have a natural break at the at the end of all of these Ahadoom parts. Maybe that should have been the end of the season there, and mm-hmm. then we move into this bit. But a bit uh, disjointed, but yeah. Hmm. But 
overall, I thought it was a yeah. Obviously, you know, looking at our ratings, we we all thought it was a you know a good succession from um, season three into this. Yeah, um, and it worked really well. So yeah, really good. Okay, so although that is the end of this episode, uh, the Epsilon Three will now be taking our usual uh, four week break uh, between seasons. And that just allows us to record more shows and build up a buffer so we can return on the 29th of October. That's when we uh, release our next episode. Um, because we've been getting a little bit close to recording it on a Wednesday and releasing on a Sunday. So uh, we need to just uh, take that break. Also, um, you know, we've got a couple of people taking holidays and things, so uh, we'll miss a recording or two there. But you know what we won't take a, re- a holiday from? Listening to this promo for another podcast right here on the ESO Network. Just about squeezed it in before the end, well then. <laughs> not bad, eh? I was like, oh, I think we forgot something. <laughs> yes, I haven't got... Oh, I've got it down there. So don't forget the promo, but that was earlier on. So, yeah. Hmm. I did forget the promo. Well, much like Lanier and Lieutenant Uhura, I've got one job and I'm going to do it. <laughs> yeah. You do it very well, Sean. Well, I appreciate that, Hi, I'm Gina Shock from the Go-Go's, fabulous drummer of the Go-Go's. Hi, this is Tony Levin of King Crimson. Hi, this is David Fishoff of the Rock and Roll Fantasy Camp. Hi, this is Richard Evans. I am the author of Listening to the Music the Machines Make. Hi, this is Teresa Kariakis, punk rock photographer. Hi, I'm Tom Bojour, author of Nothing But a Good Time, and you are listening to Modern Musicology. Modern Musicology. Modern Musicology. You're listening to Modern Musicology, so, you know, Pay attention. You might learn something. Yeah. Okay. Well, join us again in four weeks' time on the 29th of October when we will be discussing Season 5, Episode 1, No Compromises. Looking forward to it. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, wait. This is a whole new Babylon 5 I've never seen before, so this would be great. Mm. Oh, you're in for a treat. Mm. Yes. <laughs> okay. If so... only the listeners could see your two faces right now. <laughs> I don't. Maybe... I think it's possible to roll the eyes further back. I don't know. Maybe it's not as bad as I remember. It has been quite a while since I've Maybe. seen it. Maybe, but uh, I'm not going to hold out any hope. We've been your deliverers today. Please leave a tip at the door by subscribing for future deliveries. Rate and review our service, and we hope you come back for more helpings next time. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr, and TikTok by searching for the Cosmic Pizza Podcast. If you'd like to send us an MP3 file, you can email us on cosmicpizzapodcast at gmail.com, and we'll catch you on the next episode of the Cosmic Pizza Podcast. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.